I'm going to, um, I'm going to try to do this. Uh, y'all going to see the lame walk today. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm getting ambitious. I'll probably hold on to it again when I, my leg hurts. Anyways, how are you guys feeling today? Uh, are midterms this week or next week? But it feels like this week. <laughs> Even when you guys walked in, it felt like it was this week, right? That's something that I realized. Um, and so I have a word for you guys today. I'm going to just get right into it. Um, how many of you guys are actually really good at waiting? Raise your hand. Waiting. Yeah? Wow, really? How many of you guys actually like waiting? Just waiting in general. What is, what is like the most aggravating thing that you have had to wait for so far? I've... <laughs> Food. Anything else? No Wi-Fi. Oh, now that's a wait. That's kind of crazy. Okay. I like. I've honestly one of the things I really hate is like waiting for. Um, like whenever I'm doing customer service and I'm really in need to fix like an object or something, an object, a device. And like, I get so upset when they put me on hold and then it just like, literally I'm on hold and then the line disconnects. Like I really hate it when that happens. And so, man, anyways. Yeah. So, I mean, we live in a society and in a world where just like we have to wait for everything. And that's very much the same with our walks with Christ. And so today I'm going to talk to you about the title is when you're waiting for breakthrough. Okay. Oh my God. Dang, the, the encouragement is real. Uh, okay, so it's when you're waiting for breakthrough, and I want you to put dot, dot, dot at the end because I'm going to complete this sentence in four different points, okay? And I want you guys to write that down. So, number one, when you're waiting for breakthrough, know that there is a reason for the delay, okay? Like, usually every time God takes forever on something, it's like, God, what's up? Like, why, why are you holding me back? Uh, why is this taking forever? Like, what is going on? And, you know, like, in our society these days, everything is so, like, you know, it's just, like, in a second. Like, microwaves and iPhones and, like, cameras. And, like, I remember back, like, I, I know I'm, like, like, not that old, but I was doing, like, the T9 texting and stuff, and that took forever. Does anyone, has anyone, have you guys done that in your age? Oh, you guys have? Okay, never mind. Rose is like, what's a T9? <laughs> um, but it's, okay, basically, yeah, it's too hard to explain, but it takes forever. And now it's like, you know, instant, even when we text each other and stuff, right? And so um, a lot of it, like, you know, our attention span gets shorter. So I don't know about you, but it's actually sometimes it affects my uh, Bible reading time because I'm, like, so used to scrolling on, like, newsfeed that... Um, anytime I even touch like the Bible app or something, like I'm just scrolling almost and like, I just expect like instant like gratification. And so it kind of even affects that, right? Your attention span. And so we get impatient with God because it's not to our timing. Okay. But one thing we need to realize is that there is always a reason for delay. And the reason is different for every person, but generally, okay. Generally the reason for it is because he wants us to fully trust in him. Okay. It sounds lame, right? Honestly, when people say that, like, stuff like this is, like, trust, faith. Like, it's just like, okay, I've, I've heard of these before. Like, you know, they're, like, keychains and, like, whatever, right? But then, like, what does it really mean? And one way is that we need to acknowledge that he is God and we are not. Okay? Even that. He is God and we are not. Because we like to think so often that we are in control in, of our circumstances when it's really God that is in control. Amen? So whenever our plans get thwarted and like, you know, God just kind of like, you know, 
does something unexpected, maybe not even God, the enemy is out to get you and he's trying to do something unexpected in your lives. Uh, one way that we can really pray is, Lord, you are God, but I am not. And so, God, everything that is going on in this situation, I submit it to you. My, my plans, my decisions, the way that I see things, my perceptions, I submit it all under your lordship. That is one way that we can start it off. And one thing we should know is that if we really knew who God was, we know that he's a God that fulfills all of his promises and that he, start, he finishes everything that he starts, right? And so there's a familiar story of this. Uh, a lot of you guys might know this. It's in Genesis 22, 1 through 19. And I'm going to paraphrase this for you, but it's actually, it's about a man named Abraham. And God tests his faith by telling him to sacrifice his one and only son, Isaac, up on Mount Moriah. It's a mountain, Okay. Um, and it says in this passage in Genesis 22, it says in verse two, then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love Isaac and go to the region of Moriah, sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain. I will show you. So early the next morning, Abraham loads up his donkey and heads over to the mountain with two servants and his son, Isaac. He chops up enough wood for the burnt offering, packs the fire and knife and heads up the mountain with his son. Okay, so as they're going up, Isaac realizes like, you know, the fire's there, the wood is there, but then he's like, where's the lamb for the sacrifice, right? And so he asks his dad, like, you know, where, where is the, the offering? You know, where is the burnt offering, the sacrifice that we're going to make? And that's when Abraham was like, okay, the Lord will provide that. Okay, so they go up to the mountain. Uh, Abraham builds the altar. He gathers all the wood. He ties his son Isaac up on the altar. And as soon as he grabs a knife and lifts his hand to kill his son, an angel of the Lord says, Abraham, Abraham, do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. And now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. So God waited till the very last second to tell Abraham not to kill Isaac, right? We have to remember the timing of that, the very last second. It's not like God was like, you know, Abraham, I want you to go up to the mountain and I want you to uh, kill your son. Just kidding. You know, he's not, he doesn't say like that. He literally just like, you know, and I can't imagine like, you know, uh, I was reading this and honestly, a lot of us, we grew up uh, with Sunday Bible school and like, you know, this story is so prevalent, like everywhere. It's like, you know, Abraham takes his son up to the mountain and is about to kill him. And like, I mean, obviously we're rest assured because we know the ending and we're like, oh, but he doesn't kill him anyway. But I can't imagine like one thing that the Bible probably will not, you know, like we won't ever get from this is that how Abraham was actually feeling when that happened. And like, think about like someone you love so much, like it could be anyone, right? Like just someone you love so much. And God says, I want you to kill this person. I want you to go up to the mountain. And like the hike is probably not like, you know, short either. We read this passage in five minutes, but definitely didn't take five minutes. You know, they probably took five hours or something. And can you imagine like while Abraham is going up to the mountain, how much, like how many opportunities he could have had to doubt God and his promises, because God was the one that told him, like, I'm going to make nations out of you through your son, Isaac. But then he tells Abraham that is actually the son, Isaac, that he wants Abraham to kill. Can you imagine how many times Abraham was so tempted to doubt God and his promises? Everything that he previously said during this time up the mountain, right? Like, I can't imagine how aggravating that was. Like, I have empathy. So, like, man, like, it just... Like, I know, like, it's not that often, like, whenever I, I feel too much, like, of the Bible, to be honest. Like, I'm just reading it, and I'm like, okay, like, that's an amazing lesson, a story that I can extract. But, like, when I was really preparing for this, I was thinking, like, man, if God told me to kill someone that I really love, like, I can't imagine. Like, I don't know if I would actually have 
you know, been really good about immediate obedience, you know, that's something that I was really questioning myself on, but you know, just something that I want us to really um, get on Abraham's bone on was that. So sometimes when God brings delay by testing our faith, like how we did with Abraham, we have two options. We can complain and grumble about why it's taking forever, or we can try to see how God is trying to stretch and strengthen our character during that time. And so, you know, what, another reason why God might delay the breakthrough is that he wants to look to how we respond. And so, you know, he wants to see how much we really trust in him, even though he's promised us all these great things and spoken all these prophetic words over us. He wants to see what we do with them, and he wants to see how we view him and how we react and respond if he delays in bringing his breakthrough to us. I mean, it's not like he's not going to bring the breakthrough, guys. Like, he is going to bring everything that, you know, he's promised, especially if he's promised to you personally certain specific things but just because he stalls a little bit doesn't mean you know he's not going to bring it that's sometimes how we act right whenever you delay so delayed breakthroughs really give us an opportunity to truly solidify our trust in the lord just how it was with abraham and so while you're waiting for your breakthrough one thing i want to encourage you guys is to really ask god like god these are the certain things that um i really experience a delay you know, the breakthroughs that you told me, you told me I was going to get healed. You told me I was going to, you know, like I, I was going to financial breakthrough by something was going to happen. Great open doors for my job and all these things. But, you know, what, whatever, whatever the reason is, like, I want you guys to actually ask God, like, what is the reason for it? Because the truth is he's probably speaking to you already, yet we're not asking him the right questions during our quiet times. So that's number one. Okay. Know that there's a reason for the delay. Go turn to your neighbor and say, there's a reason for the delay. Amen. There really is. All right. So number two, what was the title of my message? I can't remember. When you are waiting for breakthrough, number two, know that just because you don't see him doesn't mean he is not working. Okay. So one clear example I'm always reminded of of like not being able to see what God is really doing. It's from 2 Kings 6, 8 through 22. And in this passage, it's the king of Aram that plots to capture Elijah the prophet. And uh, he sends horses and chariots and a great army to surround the city that Elisha and his servant are staying at that night. Okay. And so verses 15 to 17, and explains what happens next. And it says, Verse 15, when the servant of the man of God got up, this is Elisha's servant, and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. So, oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Do not be afraid, the prophet Elijah answered. Those who are with us are far, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Okay? So the moment Elisha's servant gets up, he looks out of the tent or wherever he's staying at, right? And immediately he is so scared. I mean, can you imagine, like, you know, again, like, my empathy is, like, taking it there. I'm just saying, like, I just woke up from a nap or from, you know, whatever my sleep was. And then I look outside, and there is, like, a vast army surrounding the city, that him and Elisha are staying at. And like, I can't imagine how scared, like, like the servant knows that they're coming after Elisha and it's like two versus the army. Right. And so immediately he is afraid. There's no way that God could bring breakthrough during that time is what the servant thinks. But then Elisha is like, 
you know, don't be afraid. Those who are with him and, you know, those who are with them are are just far greater than those out there, the enemy. And the servant's just like, you know, are you kidding me and thinking all these things? But Elisha just knew that it was God that was with them and that they're not to be afraid because it is God that could change their circumstance. So instead of asking like, you know, for some other kind of breakthrough, simply Elisha asked God, can you open the eyes of my servant? So that he could actually see the spiritual reality, not the natural, but the spiritual reality of this entire situation. And so God answers that prayer and he opens the servant's eyes and the servant realizes that it's actually a vast army of horses and chariots of fire that are surrounding that, that enemy's army, right? And then like immediately his eyes are open to the situation. And so Elijah's servant was actually blind to what was going on in the spirit because he was too distracted and overwhelmed by how great his problems were, right? And perhaps this is the same in our case when we don't see breakthrough yet. And the truth is, in your natural circumstances, your problems are still there. Like, they're still tangible. They're not going to go away. It's not a dream. You know, you might really be going through some tough things and, like, really suffering for certain things. And, like, it's actually really there. But one thing that God really wants to reveal, that his provision and his resources that you thought weren't there are actually there as well. And even if it seems like he is not working, he really is. So perhaps it's not you know, the natural circumstance, it's not like the fact that God is not doing anything. It's not like the fact that his power can't work through any obstacle that the enemy is bringing before us, but it's probably our eyesight and us opening our eyes to the situation that God has for us. Okay. And so that is the reality, but also the spiritual reality of that. Right. And so sometimes we become so blinded, spiritually blinded by what God is doing because we're so tired of waiting for these breakthroughs to happen. And so also we become so desensitized sometimes with uh, what what is going on in the spirit because we all we see is that we're just so consumed by the problems and everything that is weighing down, like, you know, on us. And so, you know, while you're waiting for the breakthrough, I really believe that God wants us to know that it's really him that is working through us, even in the midst of us not seeing anything, okay? And the breakthroughs are there. They're all there. You just got to ask God, for where they are, or ask God to open your eyes in that situation, okay? And so, you know, back in uh, back in July, I'm going to talk about knee really quick again, but back in July when I hurt my knee, I think one thing that I really was so overwhelmed by was how I had to go through, like, you know, just two months of crutches. I remember when my doctor told me, like, you know, you're, you have to at least be on crutches for, like, two months. Like, I was, I was so devastated, and that's all I could think about, two months, two months. Like, two months of, like, you know, like, people saw me every Sunday, but... Like, and I was smiling and whatever at service, but they didn't see me Monday through Friday of my ugliness, you know, of just like how upset I was. And like, you know, I was just so overwhelmed. And I, and all of August, it was like that. All of September, almost, it was like that. And halfway through September, I think something that really happened, like something that really shifted was that I started to grow like a lot more closer to God and really get over this whole like inward focus pity party that I was holding for two months from myself, right? And I think just slowly but surely, it didn't, it wasn't even like an altar call. It wasn't like an angelic visitation or any of these things, but I just started to open my eyes and I really realized like that God was answering breakthroughs in my life that probably took six years of me being in Korea at that very moment. And it had to be in that instant of like, you know, it had to, I guess it had to take my knee out to like, you know, do that. Right. But, you know, I think just something that I really realized was like, I just started to open my eyes. And the way that I did that was like, I really felt like I was seeing the world in a different sense. 
probably because I didn't leave my house for two months. But, you know, just like, honestly, it just seemed so different. And all of my situations, like the monotony was killing me. It was like exactly the same things and nothing was changing. And I was feeling the same way. But slowly but surely, like God just started to really open my eyes. So nothing was Nothing was changing in the natural. It was just my view of that natural circumstance that started changing because God was really opening my eyes to it. And so that is the same thing with you. Like if you're crying out to God and asking God, why aren't you bringing me the breakthrough yet? Um, He's already showing you glimpses of it. And the chances are, and the truth is, is that he's already working through you and working in your circumstance despite whatever you feel and whatever your perception is, okay? And so that is number two. What was number two? The What did I tell you guys? <laughs> know that just because you don't see him doesn't mean he's not working. Tell your neighbor, just because you don't see him doesn't mean he's not working. My titles are too long. I keep forgetting all of them. All right, number three. When, when you're waiting for breakthrough, don't take matters into your own hands. That is number three, okay? This is the big one, and I have an awesome, solid story in the Bible to tell you why we should not be doing this. Um, but basically, when you're waiting for breakthrough, you, you just don't assume the outcome, okay? We do this every day, right? Like, practically, to tell your mind not to assume the outcome and not to lean on your own understanding is a lot harder than we may think, right? So think about it. Every day, you're waiting for God to bring breakthrough and change in your situation, and then you're probably running toward a million possibilities of what the outcome is going to be, and then your mind goes there, meaning your body and your spirit, everything goes there, and you're running away further from the place where God wants you to be at so that when the breakthrough actually comes, you're not there to actually receive it. That sometimes happens all the time, right? And so, you know, that's the same thing um, in this situation. Sometimes whenever we, like, you know, want to move and we're tempted to move in our situations, like God is just telling us, he's like putting us in a chair and telling us to just wait there, you know? And I feel like sometimes he does that, like, spiritually, right? If you really think about it, like, God puts us in a chair and he's like, okay, just wait there, okay? Like, I'll be right back. And I'm going to, uh, like, I'm going to bring breakthrough in this situation and I'm going to go. And you're like, okay, you know, and I feel like God, like right before he tells us this, he's like, just be still and know that I am God, you know, that Bible verse that we all know. And then soon enough, like all these hardships happen and like things get thrown at us here and there. And then we're twiddling our thumbs and we're like, okay, this is kind of getting hard. And then tempted to get out of our seats. And, you know, soon enough, we start micromanaging everything that God told us not to do and to really do right. So that's a lot of our situations. And a great example of this is someone um, in the Bible named King Saul. And it's also, it's in First uh, Samuel 13, 1 through 15. So you can go and read this passage on your own, but I'm going to paraphrase this. But basically King Saul, um, he was with Prophet Samuel and Prophet Samuel anointed Saul as the king. And the two were talking about a great war that Israel faced against the Philistines. And so as time for the war drew near, Samuel commanded Saul to wait for him for seven days. He went out and he was like, you know, just wait for me for seven days. And then when I return, we'll gather the people in Gilgal, which is the location that they were at. And then I'll tell you which direction that the Lord, you know, told me that we should go. And so, you know, Saul had to wait at Gilgal for Samuel. And, but then the war starts sooner than they had expected. And then Saul starts to feel anxious. So and starting from verse 8, it says, He waited seven days, the time set by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal. And Saul's men began to scatter. So he said, 
Bring me the burnt offering and the fellowship offerings. And Saul offered up the burnt offering. Just as he finished making the offering, Samuel arrived. And Saul went out to greet him. What have you done, asked Samuel. Saul replied, when I saw that the men were scattering and that you did not come at the set time and that the Philistines were assembling at Michmash, I thought, now the Philistines will come down against me at Gilgal and I have not sought the Lord's favor. So I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering. So Saul had to wait just for seven days, right? But then what happens is that seven days come and Samuel actually doesn't come during that time. Like he, he, It's like the seventh day, but then it's like, he, he, like, comes a little bit later than expected. So then Saul starts to get really nervous, and he takes matters into his own hands. And under pressure, and the Philistines approaching closer and closer, he clearly disobeys Samuel's commands and ultimately God's commands, and he goes ahead and offers the sacrifices himself. Okay? And actually, right after he does that, as, you know, he was finishing up, Samuel just comes right around the corner. Like, he just misses that breakthrough. I don't know what the word is in English, but it's so, like, uh, Ashiwa or Antaka or like I don't really know like so like I don't know I never know a word for that uh, like short handed or no never know that's really bad yeah that's not even right but yeah so you know it's just so like man like you know he just like missed that opportunity and so when God's timing starts not looking up you know like great enough like we start to make our own deadlines for ourselves right a lot of it just like Saul, whenever our resources start to slip away and time runs out we go very impatient and waiting for the breakthrough to come and so instead, we take matters into our own hands and we make decisions ourselves. How many times have we done this in our lives, right? Like every single day, right, Kelly? <laughs> every single day. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's good. It's honest, and you're speaking for everyone. So, yeah, and so, you know, just a lot of poor decisions that we make when we grow impatient. And it's actually under this true kind of pressure where our true spiritual character comes out. Amen. Like, how many of us are, like, smiling and whatever and doing great, like, on Sundays or quiet times, but then as soon as, like, the pressure starts to get real and, like, then, then you know, it's for reals. Like, do we really trust God in the situation? Do we really trust that he will bring that breakthrough? That's, you know, a lot of what happened with King Saul. So by moving ahead of God, because we can't wait for him, it's essentially saying, God, you're, you're, you know, my prayers to you are not enough. God, what you have promised me is not enough. Uh, my own ways are starting to look more tasty right now, and I'm running out of time. Your promises are expiring to me, and so I'm just going to go ahead and do my own thing. That's really, that's really basically what it is. But God doesn't want us to lean on our, on our own understanding or our logic and reasoning. So like King Saul, he uses a lot of the logic, and he's like, you know, like it's been seven days, and Samuel hasn't even come yet. So, you know, like I'm just going to, like, you know, he told me to wait seven days, but he hasn't even come yet. That's what, my, that's what his logic was saying, and he didn't even trust God or give an opportunity to trust God in the spirit. So then he just takes matters into his own hands, right? But a lot of times, and like just whenever we're tempted to even rely on our own logic and reasoning, God really wants us to tap into his own perspective and his way of how to view the situation and what to do during that time that we wait for the breakthrough. Because every time we do this, we draw from an endless supply of resources that come from him. So every time in a natural circumstance, we're running out of provision, like money or like, you know, just like grades are dropping or whatever it is. And it seems like we're always at a lack, lack, lack. We need to tap into God who supplies an endless, like he gives an endless supply of his resources to us during that time. So a lot of the times we're plugging ourselves to the wrong resource. It's not our own that's going to get us through the breakthrough. It's really going to be God in that circumstance. Amen? The fourth thing and the last thing is when you're waiting for breakthrough, don't slow down but speed up. 
Okay, that's the last one. Don't slow down, but speed up. Yeah, now is not the time to really like slack, right? And be lazy and, you know. And in fact, during this waiting period, you can also make some important decisions as well, right? You actually have a decision to make every single day you wait upon the Lord. Meaning, God, like this is another day that I'm going to wait uh, for you to bring the breakthrough. But, you know, like I don't really see anything, but I'm just going to like I'm going to stay in this place and I'm going to choose to trust in you. You know, you're going to be tempted to move and circumstances are going to beckon for you to move this way and that way. But then in that moment, in that moment, you have an important decision to make, meaning, no, I'm going to stand on the promises and I'm going to stand firm with everything that you have told me, God. Those are important decisions during your waiting period. It's not later. Like, it's not like, you know, God, I'm just going to like be a blob and like just wait until God really brings a breakthrough and then I'll make decisions. No, you got to make decisions now so that when the breakthrough actually comes, you'll be ready and prepared for it. Amen. And so we need to believe that God can still provide breakthroughs even before that big breakthrough, whatever that we're asking for. And I know this requires faith and I know this requires a lot more perseverance. And even like me telling you this, it might be like, Oh man, like what a drag or like, you know, I don't really know like another, like another month, another year, like another, like whatever. I don't even know when the light is like, you know, at the end of this tunnel, whatever it is, but just know at this season and time, God is really building your character and making you strong. And the truth is that sometimes you can't even move forward into the next season, though you're crying for it because God wants to really solidify and have you learn lessons during this current season. And so it's step one before two, but we're crying out for like step 10 and like, you know, all these further times and God, I want it now. Like, you know, I want, I want, you know, I don't know. I want like open doors now. I want to become a doctor now, or I want to get married now or all these things. But there's always a process and there's this waiting period is so important. It's something that we cannot overlook during this time. Okay. And so even with that, if you get it now in your spirit and you're faithful already during your waiting period, how much more will you be ready when the breakthrough actually comes and God really brings it for you? Right? So there are four things, right? What was the first one? Yes, second. Third. And fourth. Yeah. So a lot of us, you know, just like when Masande uh, shared during prayer time, you know, I don't know about you, but I can't believe the Maranatha retreat was uh, two weeks, like, ago. Like, I don't know, it just seemed like it was... uh, I felt like it didn't even happen sometimes. I don't know about you guys, but like, even though we've been praying and we were like, you know, fasting and praying for it, like, it just felt like it was like last semester for some reason. For me personally, it feels like that. I don't know about you guys. Do you guys feel like that? No? Or are some of you guys still being blessed from that two weeks ago? Okay, hopefully not what I feel, but like, not that it's a bad thing. I'm just saying it just seems kind of far away. And I really felt like as I was preparing for this, like, there are a lot of like breakthroughs that were being like whispered to us at the altar. Like, you know, whether you came up for the altar call at the retreat and you're like, man, like, you know, God, you know, spoke this over me through this person and this staff member or the pastor Caleb Mina, or like, you know, God did this and like provided this breakthrough and all these things. But then we go back into our daily lives at KU or whatever university you're at. And then we realize that, you know, everything is the same. And like, you know, a lot of it's like short-term breakthroughs that you're looking for a lot. Like some of it is like long-term breakthroughs, but whatever it is, like, even though we're asking God, like, God, when is the breakthrough? When is it coming? When is it coming? I really believe that God is asking, what are you doing during this time while you're waiting for my breakthrough? I want everyone to close your eyes.